at a fish squeaker Thomas from the Thames on a cold grey Tuesday morning. Sergeant Riles, whose wide face generally boasted a deceptive expression of bored disinterest in his surroundings, shot a covert glance at his superior and awkwardly scuffed the sole of one shoe against the chip pier side. Bad news, sir, he inquired mildly. Inspector Jerry Carnaby frowned down at the waterlogged cheap suit at his feet, and particularly at the ashen-faced occupant of that suit. In life, Albert Thomas had been nondescript, which had been his greatest asset as a reasonably reliable source of information on what was going on in London's criminal world. A standing slightly over five feet in his stocking feet, possessed of a weathered mush of a face, pale, watery eyes, and thinning ginger hair, there was nothing about the man which would have allowed him to stand out in a crowd. This had worked to preserve his life on any number of prior occasions. It hadn't done the trick this time around. A reasonably bad Riles, Carnaby murmured. A squeaker had made an appointment to meet with me in two hours. He said he was on to something big. The burly sergeant assumed a properly sympathetic pose. Any idea what he'd tumbled on? he inquired in a quiet voice. The Carnaby managed a thin, unenthusiastic smile. With squeaker, it was always hard to tell. I can hazard a reasonable guess, though. Big for squeaker meant a bit more than a purse snatching or a smash and grab at the corner shop. Jerry ticked off the possibilities on upraised fingers, looking visibly less enthusiastic with each new option. There are several distinct possibilities, and none of them pleasant. For the last few days there's been a persistent buzz about a bullion robbery. I've already put out feelers on that. Bullion, if moved in large quantities, is likely to go by train. It's usually transported in obscenely large quantities. Riles nodded sagely. A very good point, sir. And the other, uh, concerns. A visiting dignitary from West Germany, who I'm sure I, uh, we will be charged with shepherding around. Someone's also nicked several large lorries from a cartage firm in Newcastle. Finally, and perhaps most peculiarly, there's some to do involving an eccentric professor who thinks he's found a way to turn pig iron into precious metals. A very useful skill, Riles observed. Indeed it is, Sergeant Jerry agreed, assuming he can carry it off. They watched as, after a perfunctory inspection of his last remains, the late squeaker was loaded into an ambulance and departed for the morgue. The sergeant joined Jerry in a thoughtful stroll to the waiting police car. As they settled into their seats with Riles behind the wheel, Jerry ran his fingers through his thick black hair in exasperation. Of course I'm hoping for the bullion job, Riles, he confided. But ever since that business in Essex, it seems that James has me earmarked for all the oddball cases. He gave a nervous little laugh. I'm not sure if that's a punishment or a perk. Sir James is rather hard to interpret, or so I have heard, Riles agreed diplomatically. The easy-going sergeant had never actually met the acting commissioner. One of his greatest ambitions was that he never would encounter that rather formidable official. It had many disquieting tales. On the contrary, he genuinely liked Jerry Carnaby, who was just the opposite of his intractable superior. The detective possessed a number of human traits and weaknesses that occasionally tempered his crisp efficiency. He enjoyed dill pickles and jigsaw puzzles, for one thing. Then rumour had it that he was an avid bird-watcher. The latter interest carried considerable weight with Riles, who often opined that the world was growing too technological by leaps and bounds. In his courting days he had whiled away more than one weekend afternoon in the woods. 
Riles briefly tried to picture the prim and formal Sir James stumping through the countryside in search of wobbling, winged nature. The mental image stubbornly refused to gel. They proceeded in silence. Several blocks from New Scotland Yard, Riles glanced hopefully at his superior, framed in the rearview mirror. Jerry was absently looking out the side window, watching the seemingly endless ebb and flow of a busily commuting London, and mulling over exactly what Squeaker might have learnt. "'It's back to the yard, then,' he ventured in a vaguely wistful tone. Jerry kept a straight face with some effort. He correctly divined what was behind Ryle's sudden interest in their destination. The hapless sergeant had recently been reassigned to paperwork duties. 